Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message. So since Sunday, we've been talking about your assignment. Somebody say, my assignment. And I'll keep on reminding people every day, because now it's by experience that every day there's somebody new. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We have an assignment. Amen. And I will continue telling people that God does not make mistakes. God does not bring you into this world for nothing. No. Actually, even the drunkard out there, when we preach to that man, he's got an assignment. He's got a call of God upon their lives. Praise the Lord. And that's why we need to preach the gospel. Praise God. So you can preach in your office, you can preach on the streets, you can preach wherever. Amen. So that you just can never know. I had a story that one time an evangelist was invited to preach in a place. And then, of course, he prepared, you know, prayer and fasting for long, long, long days and nights. And, you know, he was preparing for that crusade. And so he prays and believes and he's trusting God for a crowd and multitudes to come to Jesus. And so the days came and he went to the city. So he began to preach the first night. Surprisingly, nobody got born again. And you know, for we preachers, that's very frustrating. Isn't it, Pastor Andrew? You go to a place and you're expecting this move of God and the crowds and, and nobody. He preached his heart out. Say, anybody wants to believe in Jesus? Nobody. So he says, okay, I'll encourage myself in the Lord. Tomorrow should be better. And he prays, I think, the whole night. And he's believing and trusting. And So the next day, he goes back. And he preaches his heart. This time he's expecting something. Invited anybody to be born again? No response. So this last time... He just said, Lord, if this night can be two hours so that tomorrow I just finish this meeting and get out of here. Because it's very discouraging. It's very depressing. And so he preaches the third day. And only one young man gave his life to Jesus. And guess who that is? Billy Graham. How many people know Billy Graham? Only three people. Oh, Pastor Andrew, I think we need just to have a conference for three months and just tell this generation name for them the men of God you know some people do not just they do not know and for us that is a problem praise God if you do if you would want to know some you know people that have been mightily used of God read a book called the God's generals by Robert Slydon you'll be amazed praise God Amen. So we all know evangelist Billy Graham. And we know his story. And how he, he, he ministered to thousands of thousands of people. And multitudes gave their lives to Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah. So these days I don't get affected by numbers. No. Ever since I heard that story, I said everywhere I go, I believe there could be just one person that is going to catch the message and run with it and God will be glorified. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, we thank God for that testimony. Pastor Andrew was showing me the testimony and I felt so touched. You know, the sister says she had insomnia for two months. Is it two months? Uh, that it means you can't sleep. And yesterday we prayed together and she said she slept like a baby. She's had a lot of peace. So let's give Jesus a wonderful hand. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Amen. Yesterday we learned that even Jesus, our Lord, he was on an assignment. He came to save. He came to deliver. He came to open blind eyes. He came to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead. That was his assignment. And how many people know that he fulfilled it 150%? He did. Amen. Praise God. Now we said, I remember yesterday, but one, when we're looking at Abraham, we say that when God gives him the command to leave his kindred and his country, he tells him, I will take you to a place that I'll show you. And he didn't name it for him. And then he says, then, blessing, I will bless you. Which means if he responds, then the promises of the blessing, that he will be blessed, that those that bless him will be blessed. Those that cast him will be cast. It will happen after he has done what? He has obeyed. Praise God. So there are many, many people, by the way, I met people who know the assignment. They do. But I think when they think about a lot of things, huh? they're like, no, I think let me wait for three years. After three years, I'll be a bit more stable. My friend, the three years can become 20 years. And before you realize, there is nothing you've done for the kingdom. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. So we want to see one such example in the book of Jonah. How many people have heard about Jonah? It's a very interesting story. The book of Jonah. Jonah is after Obadiah. And I'll just read uh, chapter 1 and you'll follow the story. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Aha, uh -huh. I want you to listen to this. This was his assignment, okay? Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. Praise the Lord. Every time God hears a cry from heaven, he looks for a man. Every time. And I believe this area, this Westlands, I'm sure God had a cry. He had a cry from the people of Westlands. And he brings my dear brother Andrew. And I believe with all my heart, like we're talking, this is the season. This is the time. I mean, where were they? Uh, you call them the Kenya what? Uh, prayer something? House of prayer? So where were they all these years? Huh? Isn't that amazing? Where they all these years? And then they're here on Friday. We bless the Lord. When you look at some of those things, then you begin to realize God is doing something. And you better be part of it. Hallelujah. So, Verse 3 says, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish for the, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. I even underlined the next uh, words in my Bible. It says, So he paid the fare. Hallelujah. Huh? I've been I to, uh, to get something. The Lord has an assignment for him. He creates his own assignment. So you create your own assignment, you got to pay. Praise God. When I'm on God's assignment, he pays the bill. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, he pays the bill. I came to Nairobi, I've been living well, I've been eating well, I've been shepherded well, I've been blessed. He pays the bill. Not me. No. He pays the bill. Why? Because I'm on assignment. His assignment. So the Bible says, so he paid the fare. He's trying to flee from the presence of God. Amen. And went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. For, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. And there was a mighty tempest on the sea. So that the ship was about to be broken up. <laughs> Let me tell you something, my brother, sister. Tell your neighbor for me. You can never, tell them, you can never flee from the presence of God. And don't ever allow anybody deceive you that you can flee from the presence of God. 
Somebody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. I was telling uh, the people in North River about a story that uh, one time there was this mother that had a son and of course they were hungry. They didn't have any money. They had nothing to eat. And so the mom uh, carries the son on her back and then, uh, you know, she, she wants to go to a neighbor's garden, a maize garden, and break some maize so that, you know, she can go back home and roast or cook, you know, steam, so that they can eat. Praise God. And so she reaches near the garden and she looks left, she looks right. There was nobody. Ahead there was nobody. It's just a garden of maize. Behind there is nobody. And then as she was going to just pluck off a cob of maize, her son said, Ah, but mommy, how come you've not looked up? Somebody say hallelujah. And of course, the mother got so convicted, and that was the end of the, the, the story. Amen. So you cannot flee from the presence of God. He will get you. Tell your neighbor for me, if that's what you're planning, that man is an expert at getting people. Tell them for me. Hallelujah. I know what I am talking about. I tell people I am... Jonah's obi, so I understand those dynamics. I, I, I have my experience. I understand those dynamics. I remember God called me to minister to him, to preach the gospel. And I used to do when we were a bit younger. So sometime, and I think that happens with many ministers, you know, the challenges of life and, you know, there's so many needs. And then when we get married, we bring up kids, you know, those things. And so I got a job. And after two months, I got a motorcycle accident. And it was a very interesting accident. Nobody knocked me. I mean, I was just riding the motorcycle. And I wasn't speeding. But I hit a curb. And then the bike turned. And then I broke my leg. Actually, it would have been worse. Because my helmet, if I hadn't had a helmet, it would be worse. Because there was a depression. You know a motorcycle helmet? If you have a depression in it. So that means if my head had hit the, the, the tarmac, it would have been disaster. Now, those who had that got the accident, uh, you know, it was a big bike. So they said, ah, this, that, we know that man. Huh? The way he was cruising that thing? No, I was not. So then, of course, go to hospital. And then I thought, you know, I'm a man of faith. I knew this thing, even if it is a broken bone, two, three, you know, it should be okay. Eh? Went to hospital, they put, you know, a bandage. Then after a few, I think after two weeks, they told me, you come back to hospital. So I thought, ah, they're going to bring out this thing. And uh, Then they put, you know, the cast, that white, huh? that was it. So then I began to meditate. <laughs> And I began to meditate. And I just knew the boss was saying, you can't flee from me. So I want to give you a time to meditate, a time to reconsider, a time to make up your mind. Somebody say hallelujah. But you know, the human nature is very interesting. Can you imagine? I recovered. Actually, I remember I even came to Nairobi, preached in a few churches, and I had a cry. I had a, you know, a stick. Huh? I had a stick. You saw my friend Paul who came here. Yeah, actually, he's the one who gave me that stick. You know, it's a Maasai. Half of it is a, a knife. And then half, when you put it back, it becomes a walking stick. So he gave me that walking stick. And then I thought, and I even testified to people. I told them, may I know what God, I know this lesson. I know. Did it take long? Hmm. After about, you know, I recovered after about a year. The same, same brother who got me the other job came back. Said, you know, Brother Peter, there's another contract. I said, uh-huh. He says, at this time, this one is better because for three years, you'll be assured of salary, assured of allowances. So home will, there'll be peace at home. And then I said, I didn't even look up. I said, I'm going back. And then I went back for about 10 years. This time, I think, all this time, God was in the gym saying, okay, I'm going to get you. 
I'm going to get you. So I was working for, I was, uh, working for an engineering firm, a consultancy firm. It's one of the construction supervisors. And so at some point, the project just went upside down. The contractors became broke. No work was moving. And you know, it's a government project. Huh? Sponsored by World Bank. That's a big project. And so when things went bad, of course, uh, there was a lot of inflation in our country then. It had gone up to 35%. And it was known. Everybody knew it. And then one of our supervisors, our team members, leaders, told us, no, 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 don't worry. You just pay the contractors. The ministry has accepted to add them some more money because of the inflation. <laughs> so us in the field, we assess what the inter- uh, contractor has done, just sign a certificate, go, go, go. My friend, a time came when these guys were stuck. The ministry said, but can you give us proof? in writing that we told you we shall add the contractor's money. These are fixed contracts. Hey. So our bosses called us and said, you guys, who were about four of us, said, you people have caused a loss of, it's many millions of shillings in Uganda shillings, about 400 million. But the interesting thing, they were not saying, Peter, you've caused a loss of this amount. Hmm? Andrew, you, it's this amount. James, it's this amount. Raymond, it's this amount. So when we add it together, then we get the whole figure. Isn't it? I thought that that's what they should have said. So they said, now, you guys are going to pay this money. Okay? Yeah, there's no way out. To make it even more interesting, so we leave the field, we come back home because we have an issue to settle. Now, what makes it very interesting is... The other three colleagues of mine, we are all in the same problem, Cindy. But now they're being posted to other projects. One, two, three. And I'm like, what's going on? We have the same situation. Hmm? We're all in this problem. But these guys, they're, they're being given other responsibilities. It is only me, three times the director called me, said, Aha, Peter, uh-huh. so tell me what happened. I tell, I, actually three times he sent me emails and I answered exactly the same thing. Then he calls me physically, three more meetings to tell him what happened. And I told him exactly what had happened. I said, boss, our team leader used to have meetings with the ministry and he would call us in the field and say, I mean, uh, the ministry understands what's going on. These guys, when they got these contracts, it was after about a year or so, so all prices have gone up. And so, huh? <sighs> How many people want to hear more? Am I boring you? So our director tells me, now, you see this case? It's with the CIID. Huh? Are you ready to face them? I said, no. Yeah, I'll face them and tell them the story as it is. Huh? My friend, our director was a, a, he was a commissioner in the Ministry of Education, appointed by the president. We're talking about World Bank. We're talking about, you know, these are big, big entities. Now me, I'm like a cockroach that they can just step on and do like this. Because they can't accept responsibility. Nobody. That's when it dawned on me that God all this time, he has been going to the gym. Hmm? Flexing, you know, he's been exercising his biceps and he's uh, doing press-ups, watching me one year, two years. He said, I'll get you. I'll catch you. You can't flee from my presence. So I realized I was in very very big trouble. Then I went to God and said, Lord, I know. I know. Yeah, you've got me where you want me. And I think I know what to do. So what I'm going to do is just to begin to pray and fast and seek you. And now I thought it was as simple as that. You know, sometimes 
when we go to God, you think you, you think this small brain of yours, you think God doesn't think. You imagine his is half of yours. You go there with a lot of, huh? uh, you've planned, you've, uh, you go, I think you even, sometimes you need to even go to the Oxford uh, dictionary and get those words, you know, and yeah, dissect them to make him understand that, you know, what you're saying, you mean. My friend, it wasn't as easy as that. So I remember uh, they were supposed to pay me about maybe 180,000 Kenya shillings, you know, for our salary and allowances. I claimed it, and the director said, sorry, we can't give you this money until this issue is sorted. Our lawyers are going to write to you, and so, yeah, that is it. Can you imagine, 180,000? Huh? See, things became so hard. Now I tell you, God, God has a way. God can just, huh? he shows you that I have got you. Do you know what used to happen? Every time I would get a newspaper to read, in the middle, it had a magazine with one of our prisons. It's like in Kenya here, you get a daily nation, and in the middle there's a magazine about committee prison. And the activities, and the projects, and then they put, put for you pictures of the prisoners, and then you look at the uniforms, and you're like, God, ah, is this what you're planning? Now you leave the newspapers, you go home, and then, you know, there are documentaries. Almost every two days or one day, a documentary will come on the TV. And what is it about? The prisons, their activities, whatever they're doing. You know, the inmates give their testimonies. And I'm like, no, is this where I'm going? To even make things worse. In all that season, I don't know how it would happen. Every time I'm walking the town, I see the prison bus passing by. <laughs> not once, not twice. I could be on this street, I see it passing with prisoners. Maybe I turn on another street and I see it again passing. Sometimes I'd feel like kneeling on the streets on this, in, in, the, in the town. And I say, God, can you just have mercy? So now one day, after I'd really prayed, I think, I spent maybe six months or so, just praying and fasting and seeking God. And then so, one day I told God, you know Lord, I don't know whether you're hearing me or not, because I'm really weary, I'm really tired. And I just see there's no way out. I'm dealing with very big, big influential people. And by the signs it looks like, you know, <laughs> that is what is going to happen. Because all these newspapers, all these, you know, documentaries on TV. I mean, all this meeting, this bus every other time. Uh, it, it just looks like you want me to prepare myself for this place. And I said, okay, Lord, now we just want, I want us to make a deal. Yeah, because by the look of things, it looks like, yeah, everything is pointing to that direction. And so I said, okay, Lord, now what will happen this is what is going to happen uh, if I didn't want to say when I go to that place because if I say when man I could easily end up there man so I said Lord if, if, if it so happens yeah? if it so happens because you know all the signs you know yeah? so if it so happens that I enter there I'm going to pray and fast for 40 days and in those 40 days I'm going to be preaching the gospel if I die, let me die. Because I've now given up. Somebody say, that is what God wants. Tell your neighbor for me. Uh, he wants you to reach that point. So the Holy Spirit tells me, says, aha, yeah. Now I've got you. Yeah. So what you're going to do, you're going to read past church revival history from the 1700s to date I said what wow it's a university of some sort 
And so I began. I got God's generals and read, and I read many, many other stories of men and women who have been used of God. And it was amazing. It was amazing. Every, like every week, I landed on a website. It's just him who gave it to me online. And so I download free books. So if this week it is about the anointing, I get a book and read and we, next week is about that. Next week is about this and that and that and that. And so that is how I survived until today. That was the only way to obey. Otherwise, <laughs> and do you know what? I've never received a letter from the lawyer about my money. It has never come. It has never. I told them, okay, you eat the money if you want. You eat. Take, take, take. I don't, I don't even want the money. I, at least I have my freedom. I'm beginning to do my assignment. And we are praise the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. So if you're in this hall this evening or listening to me online, I'll tell you with a lot of boldness, you cannot flee from God. Whether you like it or not, He will get you. So I give you very simple advice without any consultation fees. You better obey as soon as possible. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So we see, the Bible says, but the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. This is a man fleeing. He thinks he's okay, he's safe, he's fleeing from the presence of God. And what happens? God says, no problem. Me, I know what to do. I just click a few buttons and I'll get you. Oh, yeah. So, you know, the winds come, the storms come. Then the, more, the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship. Now, you see, even it's affect, your disobedience can begin to affect other people. These were innocent business people. They're buying their goods, taking them to Tashish. They're doing business. But now, because of this guy here, my OB, huh? Huh? this OB of mine, now even the business people now, they're beginning to throw their goods. You, you, do you understand what I'm saying? That our disobedience as Christians, as ministers, as leaders, it can begin to affect the communities where we are. If we disobey, somebody say hallelujah. And you know, in this African continent, I mean, there's so many question marks. Hmm? So we will get to that. Um, hallelujah. The Bible says, so the captain, verse 6, so the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Oh, the Bible says what he did, he, but Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. Can you imagine? He even didn't know what was happening. So it's now these people who are being affected. So the Bible says, so the captain came to him and said to him, what do you man's mean sleep? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, come let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots and the Lord fell on who? Hashabaya. Can you imagine? The Lord fell on Jonah, the man who is fleeing. And they say to him, please tell us, hey, if non-believers begin asking you so many questions, you know there's something wrong. For whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Hmm? And where do you come from? Huh? What is your country? Hey! And of what people are you? Huh? Hey! The non-believers. They're saying, no, no, you must answer some questions. What is happening? Somebody say hallelujah. And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men exceedingly afraid said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. Now, <laughs> how do these men know that Jonah has fled from the presence of God? Do you know that sometimes our countenances, the way we look, the non-believers will look at us and know there is something wrong. Hmm? Just as they can look at you and even ask you, ah, sister, what is that cream you're using these days? 
and yet you don't even have, you only use soap, bathing soap, or even washing soap, just a little, to make your face smooth. Somebody say amen. Sisters now are saying, ah, I bind. Somebody say hallelujah. But what am I trying to say? Sometimes people can notice the things around us. They just notice. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, it's Reinhard Bonke who said, have you ever seen a jiko huh? that has no charcoal burning on it? Have you ever seen, uh, I mean, a jiko that has fire burning on it? Have you ever seen a fly coming around? Have you ever seen? Huh? It gets a jiko that there's no fire and maybe you roasted some meat the previous evening and they come and relax. Why? There's no fire. Praise God. I was telling my friends a testimony one time in that season when I was reading about, you know, church revivals and the men and, and women God used. And I asked God, God, can this happen? Huh? I read about a man. Let's just, for example, if he's coming from Kikuyu hmm? and he's coming to Nairobi in a carriage, a horse carriage, and he's reading newspaper. Everywhere he was passing, people were falling left of the street and right of the street and they were repenting of their sins. I said, God, can you still do this? And he said, yes. It's, it's just me, I don't change. But it's you people. One time you're hyper, 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 hyper. Then, whew. then again you come up hyper, hyper, hyper. Then, so the Lord told me, I'm going to show you something. I said, okay. So I had friends who sent me some money through money, uh, Western Union in our country. So I was supposed to receive it at the KCB bank. We have a branch in Kampala. Then I go to the bank. And so I go to the Western Union section. And I find a teller there. I noticed between me and him, there was a thick bulletproof glass. Very thick. So I talk to him. I say, oh, is this a money, Graham? I say, yeah, this is the place. I said, okay, I've just come to pick some money. Uh, uh, some friends of mine send me some money. So he asks for my ID. I give it to him. And then I see some coffee in the corner. And I'm asking him, is this for clients? He says, yes. I say, okay, good. So I went, mixed myself some coffee. And then I came back and I drank. I took the coffee. Took, he was, I think, searching, searching, searching. I took the coffee, took the coffee. When the cup was empty, I took it back and I came back. So then he asks me, okay, so you are... Peter, okay, okay, boy, yeah, okay. So he asked me, so what is your profession? I'm amazed. These people asked, didn't these people ask? They also asked Jonah, what is your occupation? The man asked me, what's your profession? So I'm thinking, do I tell him I'm uh, an engineer? Do I tell him I'm a, uh, I, because now I was not doing that anymore. So I told him, I'm an evangelist. You know what the young man said? He said, I thought so. And I'm like, hmm. He said, uh, so I asked him, excuse me? He said, yeah, I thought so. I said, why? He told me that the moment you entered this hall and you came where I am and you began to speak, I felt something. I've not preached to this man I've not asked him if he's born again or not. And he's telling me that the moment I reached where he was, remember there's a thick glass between me and him. And he says the moment you began to speak, I felt something. I'm like, what? And I told God, Lord, may your presence never depart from me. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we continue. The Bible says, he, he told them he's a Hebrew, if he has God. And, uh, you know, he's now telling them, my God is the one who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men exceedingly afraid said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may come for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And they said to them, it's very easy. Just pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that 
This great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring the ship to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow tempest against them. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Praise the Lord. Are we seeing how we affect huh, the world? Jesus said we are the light of the world, the salt of the world. He said if the saltiness just runs, runs out, people will trample. They'll trample. Praise God. But that is how powerful we are on this earth. If we know our assignments, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That is how powerful. We can change situations. You can change situations in your office, in your workplace. Say, this one, I don't want this to happen. This is what I want. And God will honor. God will honor that. Somebody say amen. I believe that's what is happening in Nairobi City now. Beginning with Westlands. We are saying something has to happen. There must be an open heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, mm-hmm. uh, verse 15 says, So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea. And the sea seized from its raging. Can you imagine? Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered the sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Tell your neighbor for me again. You cannot. Tell them. You cannot flee from God. He'll get you. Hmm? So God had, he had prepared a fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Hmm. It was like me now. When I saw the gate of the prison, I said, ah, I'm going to pray. But it had to, why does it have to take you to be swallowed by the fish? Huh? Honestly speaking, somebody say amen. You know, these are lessons for us to learn. And maybe there's somebody here. Hey, you, you, these messages don't come just like that. Praise God. Maybe there are things happening in your life because you just disobeyed. You disobeyed. Huh? You disobeyed. You're trying to flee. What? No way. No way. So the is, the fish swallows Jonah. So he's in the belly of the fish. If you read chapter 2, hey, men can pray. Now, this is where they, they show us that men can pray. Yeah? And I'd urge you to read chapter 2 when you go back home. Because of, you know, it's already 7. So he prays, he prays, he prays, he repents, he prays. Now, when we go to the end of chapter 2, after the guy has prayed, the guy has cried, the guy has... So, the Bible says, so the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And you know, that was free transport, isn't it? Huh? Free transport. Up to where God wanted him. And so, chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Hey. Eh? Eh? He's asking, aha, so have you learned any? Huh? Have you learned any lessons? So the word of the Lord comes to him the second time. And he's saying the same, same, same command, the same assignment. Arise, go to the nave, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell something else. That experience was enough. Praise God. So don't, don't, don't wait for another experience. Hmm? I remember one time I was preaching in a church and telling the people, you know, my story. And then uh, after the service, a young lady comes to me and says, Pastor, I know what you're saying. I, I know what you're saying. She said she just, she had, the Lord wanted he, you know, her to minister and, you know. And then, of course, of conditions and those things, she decided to begin a business. A side a roadside business and she thought you know at least here I'm going to you know uh, yeah you know what happened a car one of those days when she was you know doing her business a car came and the accident just happened in front of her and then the car came 
and hit her kiosk and the kiosk flew like 20 meters away. And she said, you can't believe it. I didn't get any scratch. Hmm? But the kiosk, hey, the kiosk went. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in chapter 3, the Bible says, now, okay, the word came to, uh it was the second time the Lord was telling him. So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Huh? The man was now on his assignment. Now listen to this response. And this for me challenges me as a minister. It should challenge other ministers. It should challenge the church as a whole. Verse 5 says, so the people of Nineveh believed God. One man. One man. Hmm? Who has obeyed God? Proclaimed a fast. Can you imagine? Hmm? A fast. And put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. One man. He's going into a city. And he's telling them, you guys, you need to repent. Why does this happen? Because there was an unction. Hmm? When the man was in the belly of the fish, the man was preparing himself for the what? The assignment. Somebody say hallelujah. Praise God. This is what we're talking about preparation sometimes. We need to prepare for assignments. And many, many, many Christians, when they even get the assignment, they think you can do it in your own flesh. You cannot. It's not you who got the assignment for yourself. Somebody say amen. So the Bible says, the people put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne and laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. The king. And for us now, it's presidents. Huh? Hey, but sometimes when you think about this, you say, ah, brother Peter, you talk about something else. You talk about, no, there's no talking about something else. It can happen in Jesus' mighty name. If we take our place as ministers of the gospel, as pastors, apostles, bishops, whatever it is. If we take our place hmm, with the unction of God, we are going to turn cities upside down for the glory of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even the king. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh. My God. Hey. I'm going to ask God, how can I get this kind of anointing? Huh? Even the king, he declares all over the nation. And he says, let neither man, nor beast, had nor flock test anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. Now this is the king. Huh? Hashabaya. Oh, makatare prosata. But let man and beast be covered with. <laughs> Even the animals fasted. Hmm? Even the animals fasted. You know, I, I, I read a story about uh, a young man called um, Ivan Roberts. He's one of those revivalists of the 1800s. This young man gave himself to God. He said, Lord, you bend me and bend the church. No, we can't continue having what we're seeing. No, something has to happen. The young man sought God to a level that wells, what was happening, it's called the Welsh revival. My, it was a mighty, mighty move of God. Now the Welsh, most of them were miners. You know, they used to work in the mines. So the story goes that because of the move of God, many of these miners got born again. They used to be drunks. They used to be, you know, aggressive and what? So they got born again. And now they used to use, you know, mules, you know, like donkeys to transport the ore. And they would use 
curse words to kind of command these animals. So the animals were used to only curse words. Huh? Tell it may, maybe where Mujinga it knows it's going on the right, you know. Those uh, so when these men got born again, the story goes that now they could not use these mules and donkeys because now no profanity is coming from their mouths. They're only talking blessing. They're only talking Holy Spirit. They're only talking Jesus. They only <laughs> so the story goes that they had to remove all the animals that they used to use. I don't know what they did. I think they just maybe killed them or something and brought new animals. So when you tell this or now, you are blessed, it knows it's going right. Huh? You are holy, it knows I reverse a bit. You are born again, it knows it needs... Eh? Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. That was the impact. Man, when I preach like this, I'm like, God, ay, 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 ay. that was the impact. So the king makes a decree and says even animals should put on sackcloth. Hey, my, 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 what is that? I mean, we should be challenged as ministers of the gospel. We should be challenged as the church in Kenya, in Africa. Huh? This can still happen. How many people believe me? That this can still happen. It can still happen. Somebody say hallelujah. The story goes about a man called D.L. Moody. Huh? When he would arrive at a, a, a metro station, rail station, and he comes out, or even still, when the train just arrives in the station, before he comes out, people out are falling, people are screaming, people are repenting, people... So one time somebody sees a lot of commotion, and he asks one of the ladies who has a shop at the rail station, says, what is going on here? The lady said, no, I think D.L. Moody is in town. If you see these things happening, hmm? D.L. Moody is, 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 is in town. Somebody say hallelujah. My God, I look forward to the time when I'll be going to a place and they say, ah, Peter Obo should, should have arrived. I think he flew in because, yeah, this is it. I believe. Me, I believe. If you don't believe, mm -hmm. me, I believe it can happen. Hallelujah. Hmm? But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let every man turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then, verse 10, then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Somebody say hallelujah. So you can now see. Believers. We can affect society so much. Hmm? That God can have mercy upon them. That they can repent. That they can turn to Jesus. That they can begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness. Somebody say amen. But that is only if we accept our assignments and we are willing. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. We'll be protected. There are blessings. There's protection. There are blessings. There are blessings huh? for obeying the voice of God. Because you're not going alone. He's the one who sent you. Amen. So he will pay the bills. He will. He'll bring men and women along your way to support you. He'll stand with you. Amen. If he gives you a dream to begin a business, then he'll give you the customers because he's the one who's given you the dream. Praise the Lord. If you're crying out for a job and it makes an opening, he knows that those people need you. We say it here that you are a reward. They need you. They may think they do not need you, but they need you because you can fire them. Yeah. And just fire. Say you from tomorrow, out of here. Let them bring somebody else. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shall we stand on our feet? We just want to worship God. We just want to enjoy the presence of God. Just begin to speak to God. Begin to speak to God. Just tell Him, I am here. I'm willing.
willing. I am willing. I am willing. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that satisfies my soul. Something happened. And now I know. He touched me and made me whole. He touched me. Yes, he touched me. And oh, the joy that satisfies my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me. Just lift your hands, lift your hands, and surrender yourself. I believe this message. Don't come for nothing. I believe God wants to use us. I believe God, when He looks from heaven, He knows I have Pastor Kimani, I have Dennis, I have Paula, I have Peter, I have Raymond, I have Grace, I have Andrew, I have, you know, I have Chris, I have Jane, I have. So it excites him that he has us here. He has us. We can influence society. We can, we can be those vessels that we carry such a grace, such an anointing that when men see, they will lift their hands and say, God, you visited us. Raise your voice, raise your voice, raise your voice, raise your voice to Jesus. Share a little bit of strive karabayanda. Oh, share a little bit of strive karabasanti. Robo shatarara mashtarira. O koto soro prosa tabaya. Shepri atalara basiri atalara. Make it a mess. Baba, share a little bit of story with Karabasante. Oh, God, to share a process. Shiri andalara mazuri andalara. Marama soto shara promasete. Mikata ya sabaya. Rebrochata. Rebrolara baba sata. Makoto. Represse sibiande. Ishara lara baba sata. Oh, share a little bit of sandala. Mamromasese baba. I want us to take a few minutes to pray for the church in Kenya. I want to pray for the church in Kenya. I believe with all my heart we can influence society. We can influence this nation that it may go in the path of righteousness. That the leaders may do things according to the word of God. That men and women can obey the voice of God. It does not matter whether it's the head of state or the whatever. God can minister to them. But God needs us as vessels. I want you to pray for the church in Kenya. Pray for the bishops. Pray for the apostles. Pray, 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 pray for each and every person that says Jesus is Lord of their lives and Savior. We pray that they will hunger and thirst for God. We pray that they will surrender themselves knowing that God wants to use them. God wants to anoint them. God wants them to represent heaven as ambassadors. The Bible says we are ambassadors. We are representatives of the throne of God. So we expect it to have the action, the power. Yes, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Give yourself, give yourself. Pray for those leaders. Lord, we pray for the church leaders in this country.
my God and my Lord, this is a great country. And Lord, you want to turn things around. You want to turn things around. You want to touch people. Lord, we are tired of corruption. We are tired of hearing these funny, funny stories. We are tired of seeing the suffering because some people are stealing and robbing and robbing. We pray, let the church arise. We pray that the church in Kenya will arise. We pray that the church in Nairobi is going to arise. We pray, King of Glory, that each and every person, every believer, is going to take up arms in the Holy Ghost to deal with the powers of the enemy, to pull down and to plant and to destroy in the name of Jesus, to break down things, to pull down strongholds and powers and those things that cause men and women to do things that they don't even enjoy. Oh, Lord, we pray for each one in this world. King of glory, may you give us grace to know when you call us, you empower us, you provide for us, you heal us, you direct us, you promise that you will be with us in the name of Jesus until the time, until the end of the age. Oh God of mercy, I pray. I pray you'll touch them. I pray you'll renew them. I pray you'll revive them. Revive their spiritual lives. Revive that hunger. The hunger of the first love. I pray for a grace upon each and everyone. Put up your hands, everybody. I'm praying for a grace to come upon your life, a grace that you will go back to the first love. You will not be forced to pray. You just know you love the Father and you need to give yourself. Nobody's going to force you to fast. You'll just know that, you know, I need to sanctify. I need to sanctify. I need to take some time to be with the Father. Nobody's going to tell you come for fellowship or Bible study. You will know that it's a wonderful thing to gather together in the mighty name of Jesus because he is there. He said where two or three are gathered in his name, he will be present. Oh, You'll not be forced to give. You'll know that when I give, I'll be blessed. When I tithe, I'll be blessed. When I give alms, I'll be blessed. Nobody will force you. Nobody will push you. Lord, we pray for that grace, the grace of the first love, that men will remember where they fell and they'll get up again. They'll rise up again. We've seen an example of Jonah, Lord. After that experience, you used that man tremendously. A whole city, a whole city repented. The king had to send a decree. Why? Because the man, Jonah, Lord, turned around and said, Lord, have mercy upon me. He said, I know I've made mistakes. I know I've been foolish. I know I've been, you know, selfish. But this time, I give myself to you. Do whatever you want with my life. Do whatever you want with my life. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Yes, tell God here you are. Tell God you are here. You are ready to be sent. You are ready. You are ready. You are ready. You ask him to clarify. Sometimes you may not understand exactly, but ask him. Ask him, say, Lord, may you clarify. I had this dream, but I, may you clarify. I had this voice, but may you clarify to me. Where do you want me to serve? Where do you want me to do the business? Where do you want me to work? Just ask, ask. GM said we do not receive because we don't ask. So some of these things, we just ask. Ask God to give you favor. It will be a joy when you're a solution to the community. When you're a solution to your relatives and friends. When you become a solution to somebody sick and you take healing. Somebody who's oppressed and they're delivered. Oh, Lord, we give you all the glory and honor. We bless you. We bless you. We bless you. Even those that are online, just surrender your life. Surrender your life to God. He's looking for vessels. He's not looking for qualified people. No, no, no. 
He's just looking for people that are available. Who will say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Use me. Send me. Use me. Use me. Use me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Sento re presete se sia baba. Jiribi andoram rosa tabayate. Father, we give you the glory. Blessed assurance. The message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power.